praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, let us pray. Father, we're so thankful uh, for this day, uh, for our cultural day. We thank you because though we are many, yet we are one. Uh, we thank you because we live in an important time. Um, an important time where uh, you need us to take our place and take our position. So Lord, as we spend um, uh, a few minutes in the word this morning, we ask, oh God, for light. We ask for clarity. We ask for the operation of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask you to open the eyes of our hearts. Hallelujah. Open the eyes of our hearts. Let us see that we may become what we see, which is Jesus Christ. We thank you for enablement. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, it's important to understand what is going on. And it is important to understand how our place in the plan of God. You know, last week we read a passage of scripture that, that talked about the fact that the church is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. Um, it is in the church where God is at work. And um, he is actually building his church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Everything that God is doing in the earth is one thing. And that is building his church. Yeah, it is building his church. So it's important to understand how, how where we stand in the plan of God. You know that song that... Um, that was sung a few minutes ago, um, making a declaration over Nigeria. I believe that song was actually composed by, uh, by Kenny. Is that correct? Yes? That's going to be on the High Life album. And one of the lines says, Nigeria is the Lord. We stand and we decree. We stand and we decree. But when you make a decree, a decree is not just the words that you speak. A decree is a position that you take. You know, somebody once said that we have not learned to pray until everything we do and say echoes the cry of our hearts. Hallelujah. So standing and making statements is redundant if the force of your life is not behind those words. So when as the church we say Nigeria is the Lord's, we are saying that because it is the Lord's, this territory will be defended and we stand and we decree it by our words and by our actions. Hallelujah. We stand and we decree it. You know, you might not realize who you are. You, are not you might not realize who we are. You might not realize what this church is. You know, we are a seed. In Mark 4, 30, Jesus said, to what will I liken the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which, uh, though it looks like the smallest seed in the earth, when you plant it and it grows, it becomes a tree that is so big that the birds of the air will come uh, uh, under the shadow of that tree. I say by the Spirit of God that we are a seed. High life is a seed. And you know, it, is, it will be in your best interest and mine to value this seed correctly. Because you know, sometimes when you look at a seed and you think it is so small, you don't plant it. Because of what, of what value is it anyway? But if you value the seed for what it is, when you plant it, you will see what can come of that seed when it is planted. 
You know, this church is a C. This church is a C. You know, I, I see High Life as a model creator. Models are going to be created in this house that will be replicated in other places. Models will be created in this house that will be replicated. God wants to use High Life as a model creator. We may be small right now, but we're only small because we have a lot of seeds. They're small. But let us value the seeds correctly. Hallelujah. You know, some of the things that Viola talked about, you know, as she was saying it, you know, some people were probably wondering, how did we get to do this and that? We're a model creator. We're a model creator. And people are locking arms with us every day. Locking arms with us every day. Viola, Sheree, and I were in Abuja a few weeks ago um, with the Australian High Commission. And they were giving Lifeblood a grant to carry out the work we're doing. When did that happen? I said we're a model creator. People are looking for us from all over the world because we're a model creator. Do not, do not devalue what is in the house because God has great plans for this place. So it is important to understand where you are, understand what God is doing, and value it correctly and plug into what God is doing. Lest the things that have been ordained for you you allow them to go past you. It was our robbers that said, miracles come toward you and go past you every day. So let's open to Romans 5.17. We've been talking about asking the question, what game are you playing? If this is your church and God has plugged you in here, you need to stay plugged in. Uh, because the train is moving. But it is moving for your benefit. It is moving for your benefit. The destination that God has put in your heart uh, concerning where he wants you to go. He's going to help you get there, but you're going to get there with the church. Hallelujah. You're going to get there through the church. You're going to get there in partnership with the church because the church is the only thing God is doing in the earth. Look at Romans 5.17. You know, I started this series a few months ago now, and this is our, ter uh, our text scripture. You know, as we come to the end of the first part of it, I wanted to remind you that we haven't lost direction. I actually know where we're going and uh, we are on track. If you haven't been here, get the CDs, get the tapes, they're all available. But Romans 5.17 is our text verse. It says, for if by one man's offense death reigned through one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign. Everyone say will reign. They will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. I like it when the word of God is very clear. Where there's no ambiguity. It says that if through Adam, through one person, death came into the world and began to reign on people. Sickness, death, poverty began to uh, dominate people. It says much more, much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign. You know, you and I are the people that the word is talking about there. And it says that in this life, you are destined to reign. It does not matter how difficult things are. You are destined to reign. To reign doesn't mean you will win. To reign means you will dominate. It means that in the midst of pressure, 
in the midst of darkness, in the midst of confusion, when you come on the scene, you will dominate that thing. You will subdue it and bring it under subjection. But it says that it, it, it takes two ingredients. It says those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. The abundance of grace. There's an abundance of grace that's available to you in Christ. And it says receive it. Because when you receive the abundance, and, and we, what we've been talking about over the last few months is all about the abundance of grace and how you should walk in it. There's an abundance of grace that you can walk in. And when you walk in that abundance of grace, you will reign. The Amplified says you will reign as kings. You will reign as kings in this life. So it takes receiving the abundance of grace to reign. And grace is about using what God has already given you. It's about using what God has already given you. Say to your neighbor, use what God has given you. The only way you are going to reign is if you use what God has given you. Hallelujah. So you need to understand what God has given you and then use it. You cannot use what you do not understand. All right? That is how it begins. To reign. So if someone says, man, I, I need to reign or something is dominating me. Say to them, you can reign. And then the first question is, are you using what God has given you? Because that's the recipe. Yeah, that's the recipe. And you cannot use what you do not understand. And that is why Galatians 6 verse 4, put up the message Bible translation. That is why Galatians 6 4 says this. It says, make a careful exploration. Galatians 6 verse 4, message Bible. It says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into it. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. So it's saying understand what God has given you. Make a careful exploration of who you are. Right? Because you can't reign if you don't know who you are. You cannot reign if you don't know who you are. It says make a careful exploration of who you are. And the work you have been given. And then sink yourself into that. And then look very quickly at Proverbs 12, 11. Proverbs 12, 11, in investigating who we are, we learn certain things in Proverbs 12, 11 because we need to add wisdom to our inquiry. Proverbs 12, 11, the um, NIV translation says that he who works his land will have abundant food, uh, and he, but he who chases fantasies lacks what? Judgment. He who works his land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Alright? So, in investigating who we are, we, 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 we discover that God has given us a land to work. And, and we talked about this simple equation for wealth. Meaning wealth is understanding your place of value. Everyone say my place of value. Say it again, my place of value. It's all about abundant grace. Using the grace you've been given. Wealth is understanding your place of value and then leveraging it. Wealth equals value times leverage. Everyone say value times leverage. Say it again, value times leverage. Oh, say it again, value times leverage. We're talking about reigning, aren't we? 
All right? We're talking about reigning. We're talking about reigning. And reigning requires you receiving the abundance of grace. Grace is what God has already done for you. So it's understanding what, what has God done for me. The Bible says that it's your responsibility to investigate who you are and what he has done for you. And then bring that value to a place of prominence and leverage it and it will create wealth. You will have abundant food. You will reign. So in looking at this, we said in wealth creation, there is a natural way you create wealth. And when you stick with that, rather than trying to create it unnaturally, you will create wealth quickly. Yeah, if the axe head is dull, you need more strength, do you not? Yeah, if you have an axe and the head is dull, you're just going to need to apply more effort. Uh, but wisdom is profitable to direct, to bring success quicker, quicker, quicker. So there is a natural way, there's a natural way you create wealth. All right, I've done this before, but some of you were not here. Fold your arms. Fold your arms right now. Now look at your neighbor. Okay, look at Tundi and Esther. How long have you guys been married? 17 years, okay? You know, you shouldn't just jump that on a guy. You know, you shouldn't just say that because he might not come out with it very quickly. Yeah? Sorry, Tunde. Yes, 17 years, all right? Okay, so we know Tunde and Esther. Now, um, you know, they're folding their arms, and I noticed that Tunde is folding his left arm, arm over his right arm while, oh, Efta is doing the same, actually. And then Eno next to them, thank God you're not married to them, but next to them, Eno is folding his right over his left. You, you know, there's a natural way you fold your arms, all right? Um, now, imagine uh, you're folding your arms a certain way. Now, try doing it the other way. Now, some of you succeeded at doing that. Some of you attempted but didn't succeed because you tried to do it the other way and you ended up the same way, all right? Some of you that succeeded... Yes, your arms are folded, but it's, it doesn't feel natural, right? It doesn't feel natural. In fact, if you were to walk out the door, if we practice for about five minutes, and then you walked out the door, and you folded your arms, you will probably default to your natural way. Uh, are you with me? So there is a natural way. Uh, and nature is just a way of saying God um, choosing to remain anonymous. When we say nature, it's about God choosing to remain, what? Anonymous. So God has programmed something in your DNA where there is a, there is a natural way um, in which you fold your arms and there is a natural way in which you create the, the, the wealth that God has for you. There's a natural way that you will reign in this life. Hallelujah. Now, now, if we actually take this concept and we apply it across the board, you will see that uh, there is a way that you are meant to do the things you do that does not feel like hard work. You know, folding your arms in the opposite direction feels like hard work. But naturally, it doesn't feel like hard work. So there's a natural way in which God has ordained for you to do the things that you do, that does not feel like hard work. If you do anything at all to make money that feels like hard work, you are already doing the wrong thing. You know, it takes me hours to prepare. You know, people, people ask me, you know, how long does it take you, Pastor, to, to prepare? Uh, and I said it takes me, on average, um, let's say about 30 years. Because I've been preaching for over 30 years. All right? 
and I have gotten better as I have continued um, in the work. Uh, but from day one, it did not feel like hard work. Yeah, there's a grace at work in my life when I'm ministering the word of God. Just like there's a grace at work in your life when you're in your flow. Yes, I, 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 had to, I had to educate this. I had to get skilled at it. But I began with grace. So what I'm doing right now is not hard work. And there is something about your life that is not hard work. You need to find it. You know, last week we looked at the church as being the body of Christ. And each of us as being a body part. When we say the church is the body of Christ, you are not the whole body. You are just a body part. Do you know that you cannot desire yourself into a different location in the body? Yeah, you cannot desire that, okay, you know, in the body of Christ, this is what I desire to be. You, you actually discover what you are. In life, you are not meant to desire what to be or your place in this world. You are meant to discover it. Your effectiveness in the body comes from understanding that you cannot do what everyone else does. You have your parts to play. Celebrate your difference and don't try to become like others. But also recognize that as a body part, you don't make up the whole body and therefore you need others. Because the body is not going anywhere if you are the only one in it. I say it again, the body of Christ will not go anywhere if you are the only one in it. In like manner, in your wealth creation, you are a part of the whole. Because there's a place in which grace is at work in your life. So today as we celebrate cultural diversity, but yet we're celebrating unity. Because we are many, but we are one. So our power as the body can only be harnessed through understanding our function and our, our difference, but also celebrating our unity because we need one another. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, the Bible says you are the body of Christ and members individually. Individually. You are distinct. But you are members, you are the body of Christ, but members individually. Verse 18 says, but now God has set the members. Everyone say set the members. It says God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Or as he pleased. So he has set the members, each one, in the body as he pleased. Somebody once said, you sit where you've been set. So you need to understand where you've been set and then sit there. In like manner, in life, you need to sit where you have been what? Oh, say it again like you believe it. You need to sit where you've been what? Where you've been set. So you need to understand where you have been set. So the same goes for wealth creation. There's a natural God-given way for you. You know, Andrew Carnegie said this. He said, those who have succeeded, those who have succeeded are those who have chosen one line and stuck to it. Those who have succeeded are those who have chosen one line and what? Stuck to it. They recognize their place of value early. You know, if you are doing something where somebody has to get you up to fulfill your goals, then they are not your goals. Can I say that again? 
if you're in a space where somebody has to wake you up and motivate you to, to, to fulfill your own goals, then they are not your goals. If your goals are not inspiring you, they will not happen. Because they are not your goals. They're just a good idea that somebody, you, enter, you, you attended a conference and you, know, you thought it's a good, idea to, a good idea to put this together. If your goals don't inspire you, they will not happen. If what you're doing feels like hard work, you're already doing the, the wrong thing. You know, vision is infinitely clear if you are authentic with yourself. Yeah, there's a resonance within concerning what you are doing. So you'll be more successful when you are sticking to the rules that govern your natural way of creating wealth. When you, you, you understand your natural way and then you stick to the rules that govern that way. You know, God wants us to have more than enough. And, and we'll talk about purpose in a minute. But the reason why he wants us to have more than enough is not just because he wants you to be well fed and have a good car and your children to go to good schools. It, it is because there is a need in the earth. You know, there's a reason why your, blood, your body reproduces blood. You know, every time you give blood, within a couple of weeks, your body has reproduced the blood. Right? In fact, if you are a regular blood donor, there are links between regular blood donation and increased health. That's not my message this morning. Alright? There's a reason why if I give blood, my body replenishes it. Alright? So, life is not just about me. My success, my creating value and attracting great wealth is not just about me. It is about what God wants me to do in the earth. So let us look at the rules that govern your natural way of creating wealth. Now, I'm going to do this this morning. Let's put up that slide. I have some few faces here. I haven't um, localized it. But look at these faces and tell me what these people have in common. Okay? These are people that some of you may know. Okay, go back. Look at those faces and tell me what they have in common. Now, that is Richard Bla Branson. That's Richard Branson. Who's this? That's Oprah, right? Oprah Winfrey. This is a guy called Steve Ballmer. Does anyone know this guy? That's Trump, right? Okay. That is Lee Iacocca. That is uh, Warren Buffett. Who's that? That's the oil guy. I remember his name in this minute. And then that's Jeff Bezos, yeah? Now, what do these guys have in common? They're all very wealthy, right? Okay, they're all very successful. Um, but you know, as, as I said a few weeks ago, uh, when I was uh, younger, I still do it now, but you know, I know in my university days, I used to read a lot of autobiographies. And you know, I see a wealthy person, I read, after, I read their book. You know, everyone comes up with a book. You read the book because you want to be like them, yeah? And what I noticed very quickly was that I got contradictory strategies from all these different people. They're, they're all created wealth, but I didn't realize that each of them, there's a natural way they create wealth and they stuck with it. All right? And you'll see that in a minute. But th even though they're all wealthy, that is the only thing they have in common because they've all created their wealth in different ways. They've all discovered their, the rules that govern their own way and they have stuck with it. Everyone say they have stuck with it. And what I said to you a few weeks ago is that if you're going to follow a mentor, find a mentor who is building wealth in the same way that is natural for you. 
Yeah, otherwise, your mentor will get you frustrated and your, your mentor will confuse you. All right? Because there's a natural way. Everyone say there's a natural way. You see, nature is God at work choosing, choosing to keep himself, what? Anonymous. So it's right for us to talk about this in church because this is God at work. Amen. Yeah? And we need to take our position in this time. Now, in helping to understand who you are, all right, I discovered a few years ago what I feel is the only profiling system that helps you understand your natural way of creating wealth. Now, there are a lot of profiling systems. How many of you have ever done a personality test? Okay. Personality tests are very useful because it helps you understand what? Understand who you are. It helps you understand who you are. Personality tests are very useful. Use them. It helps you understand who you are. But this is the only profiling system that I have discovered that deals specifically with understanding your natural way of creating wealth. And I believe that as somebody who is interested in this, um, it is important that you add something like this to your toolbox. It is not the only way, uh, but it is, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a tool in your toolbox. What I've done is I've put it on our Niara website. It's niaraafrica.org, niaraafrica.org. Check out our website, and there's a link to a wealth profiling test if you would like to investigate further, Okay. However, I am going to deal with it briefly here today. Now, this wealth profiling system is called wealth dynamics. And you know, wealth dynamics begins with what is called a wealth dynamic square. Okay? Just stay on that slide. Now, wealth dynamics begins with a wealth dynamic square. And what it does is it looks at the eight different ways of creating wealth. And it believes that there are only eight. So you and I are, are one of those eight. All right? There are only eight ways. Now, as I go through each of the eight, I will start first of all by just doing, going through what I call a framework of the principles behind wealth dynamics. The first principle is on wealth. And that is the fact that wealth is not just about the money. It's not just about making money. All right? And we've talked about this before. It is about our path of least resistance where we are following our flow. As a result, whether we get paid or not, we know it is the right path for us. So one of the principles is understand that wealth is not just about the money. It is about our path of least resistance. Everyone say path of least resistance. So the first fundamental thing, it is that it is not about what we do. It is about who we are. All right? It's not about what we do. It's about who we are. It's not about an industry or vehicle or profession or even country. Yeah? It is not about all those things. It is fundamentally about who, what, you are. Okay? The second principle is that it's not just about who you are, but who you play the game with. In other words, better understanding your feet and who you need. Everyone's, we all need somebody. Yeah? You need to understand that. In the body of Christ in life, you need what? 
So it is the second principle is it's it's not just about who you are, but who who you play the game with, understanding your fit and who you need because you need somebody. Okay? And the third thing we realize, which is the fundamental principle of this, is that, you know, as with flow, flow is not so much about where it's coming from, but where it is going. Okay? It is not so much about the effect, which is the wealth. It is about the cause or the purpose behind why you are doing what you are doing in the first place. All right? It is not just about projects and about success. It is about understanding your reason for being, your why. Why did God put me on planet earth? Because God didn't put you here just to create wealth. He put you here to achieve purpose. In achieving purpose, you will give value and create wealth. Is that not correct? All right? Like Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what? All these things will be added to you. All right? So it's understanding grand purpose. Yeah? Knowing who you are. Knowing who you are meant to partner with, who you need, and then understanding your why. Because your why goes beyond having money. The Bible says in Revelation eleven fifteen, 15, it said the kingdoms of this world uh, will become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ, and he will reign forever. Are you with me? So it's about the kingdom of God. It's about you taking your place uh, of being a vehicle to express the kingdom of God wherever you are. So, how does the square work? Well, here is the format. You know, a square has four sides. You can, you can advance a little bit, okay? You have the top, the top, which, the top and the bottom, which deal with the way we think, which is what we call our thinking dynamic, our thinking dynamic, okay? Because we all think differently. But you know, there's some of us that think similar to others. Now, it's not about right or wrong. It's about the fact that we are what? That we are different, okay? So the top, of the, top and bottom speak about the thinking dynamic. And then we have the left and the right, which is the way we act, which is our action dynamic. So the top and bottom is what? Thinking dynamic. The left and the right is our action, the way we act, okay? All right, so the people at the top are those who, as it were, have their heads in the clouds. They have their heads in the clouds. They're, should I call it, high-frequency thinkers. What is called intuitive thinking. Those who are at the bottom have their ear to the ground, which is our sensory thinkers. Head in the clouds and what? Ear to the ground. Head in the clouds air to the ground. It is not right or wrong, but they're just different types of people. All right? And as you interact with people, you will begin to recognize where they fit, and also you begin to recognize where you fit and who you are. Yeah? It is not about trying to become one or the other. It is about understanding who you are. You know, a a few uh, services ago, I I said that some of us don't like the seeds we've been given. Because why can't I be like that one? No. We sit where we've been what? Where we've been set. It's about understanding who you are rather than trying to be like somebody else. So top and bottom is thinking. So head in the clouds and ear 
to the ground. The ones at the top create value through something called innovation. And the ones at the bottom create value through something called timing, which is totally different. The ones at the top create value through innovation. The ones at the bottom create value through timing. Which one are you? You see, this is about exploring who you are. Now, left and right. We also have those on the left and those on the right. Some of us are on the left and it has to do with the way we act. Left and right has to do with the way we act. Some of us on the left are able to leverage through the way we multiply things. So the people that are on the left, in terms of their action, their natural way of creating wealth is to make things simple. Everyone say make things simple. There are people that create a system where we are working on a business rather than in the business. And as a result, we can multiply as opposed to those on the right. Those on the right can never make things simple. In fact, they make things more complicated. No matter how simple it can be, they actually make things complicated. And that is okay because they are what we call, they are more extroverts. So it is not about creating systems. The ones on the right are more introverted. They create systems. But the ones on the, on the, the, ones on the left are introverted, creating systems. The ones on the right are more extroverted, which speaks about being out in front. The ones on the right are more about relationships. And it's about the way we connect with each other and connect with other people. So top, head in the clouds, they create value through what? Innovation. Yeah? Those at the bottom create value through timing. On the left, they, they, they create systems. They work on their business rather than in it. They make things simpler. The ones on the other side uh, magnify. They put themselves out in front. Yeah? And it's about relationships. Creating leverage through relationships. Everyone say relationships. Okay, so we're going to go real quick and look at the eight different profiles. The eight different profiles because you are one of them. And if you don't know which one you are, you are just going to go about life trying to, just trying to make it work. And the Bible says make a what? I like the word careful. It says don't rush this one because it's going to affect your life. In fact, it is affecting us right now. Yeah? It's either enhancing you or limiting you. Okay, so the very first one right at the middle of the top is a person that's called a creator. Everyone say creator. Somebody called what? A creator. A creator is somebody like Bill Gates or Richard Branson, which is somebody who always has his head in the clouds. Now, these guys will not even think about running their business. Because they have somebody running it for them and can run it better. These guys, that is why Richard Branson now has probably about 200 businesses. And he's always creating new ones. This is somebody who is able to leverage through others and doing it through their innovation. 
Richard Branson doesn't run any of his businesses. He's always creating businesses. He has those ideas. But he works with people who are able to run the businesses. Now, you know, I said something a few weeks ago. Now, you know, we don't start here. We all start with bringing our value to a place of prominence. Because when you work on who you are, you will attract others to come help you. You understand? If you haven't invested in yourself enough, nobody is going to come partner with you. In fact, the quality of the people you attract is an indication of the quality of the value that you are offering. So if you want to attract the right people and attract the right team, you need to become the best person that God has made you to be. So the creator creates businesses. He has ideas. And the way he secures his value is through patents. It's through patents. All right? Because when you have created it, you patent it. So anyone that's got, they can't run away with it because it's yours. So that's the creator. Now, if we take a step further to the right, one step further is the star. Now, this is somebody who may not be there at the beginning of the cycle, but almost. They don't necessarily create the spark of creation, but they create the sparkle. This is somebody who is exceptional at thinking on their feet, very creative, also very head in the clouds, but they are actually more extrovert than the creator as well. So an example of somebody like this is someone like Martha Stewart or Oprah Winfrey. Now these people can do much better taking products that fit their brand and promoting them rather than trying to create their own products. Have you noticed how um, world-renowned um, models who have established a brand they're stars, are they not? Okay? And then very, very quickly, you hear them say they are launching a perfume line. Now, do you think they actually created that perfume? Of course not. But because they have built their brand and their stars, they know how to create sparkle. All right? They know how to move something forward. So they look for things that, that resonate with their brand, their personal brand, and they promote those things rather than creating their own products. They're very head in the clouds. So a star will be thinking, what products can I work with? What teams can I start to work with? How do I make sure that I have a brand that personifies what I stand for? The way they're creating lasting wealth, the equity they build is not in products, but within the brand itself. Look at people like the football stars. All right? They make a lot money from endorsements than they do from their football. What have they done? They have brought their star quality to a point where they have their own brand. Yeah? There are some footballers that are known for being tactical, for being um, gentlemen, and they, they, they've established that brand. So they look for products that they can align themselves with. Yeah? It's all about them. You know, sometimes people use the phrase diva. Now, now, a diva is somebody who is a star. And a lot of us don't like divas because we feel that they are over the top. And sometimes they're over the top. But, but they have recognized that um, they have a brand and they are leveraging that brand. Yeah? I'm just saying that, you know, there, there are certain things, there are certain differences that we see that we ought to celebrate 
rather than uh, try to squash just because they're not like us. Did, have you ever watched, um, what's the movie about the Holocaust? Schindler's List. How many of you ever watched Schindler's List? You know, the guy in Schindler's List was a star. He knew how to, he had a brand. Are you with me? He knew how to cr- get things to work, but he was not the one that created it. Yeah? So those are stars. People like Oprah Winfrey, people like um, uh, Martha Stewart, they are, they are stars. Yeah? Oftentimes, where people lose a lot of money is when they make their money in their profile and then they go off profile. You know, a few years ago, Martha Stewart, you know, she made, she made her money in, uh, you know, cooking, right? And, um, you know, she did all these cookery books. And then she decided to double in the stock market. Not only did she lose a lot of money, she got indicted for insider trading and then went to jail. All right? So a lot of times, you make your fortune in the place of your profile, but when you need to get into other areas, you need to partner with somebody. She didn't realize that she needed somebody. Yeah? Everybody needs somebody. The next person is somebody called a supporter. A supporter. A supporter, yeah. Now, a supporter is a fantastic leader. Um, we call them supporter, supporters even though we're all, we're all leaders. But this is somebody who is exceptional at leading people. But through other people's creations. They are exceptional at leading people. Um, but through other people's creations. So they may not necessarily be the creator or the star. But they can do what the creator or the star um, cannot do. Okay? There are people that are very good at being able to um, take a message uh, and magnify whatever the message is in order to make sure the team gets the things done in a way that neither the creator nor the star can do. You know, I was looking up on, on, uh, on Bill Gates and his fortune, and Bill Gates' fortune is currently at, um, you know, several billion dollars. You know, by the time you get into billion dollars, we don't even need to be very specific, right? Uh, maybe about 30, 35, you know. What is a few billion amongst, uh, amongst friends, as they say? But there's a guy called Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer's fortune is about several billion dollars as well. Now, Steve Ballmer was the co-founder of, of Microsoft, but most people don't know Steve. Because um, um, Bill Gates is the what? Creator, right? But Steve was the supporter. Steve was the one that ran the businesses, developed the teams, and operated through the teams. He was the one that made Microsoft the success that it is today. So these are supporters. People like Steve Ballmer. People like Jack Welch, who was um, the head of, of GE for many years. GE was Thomas Edison's company, but he was the head of, uh, of, of GE. Uh, made a great fortune, but it's about working through teams. Working through teams. And you know, sometimes supporters uh, may not necessarily be supporting a, a creator or, or a star, but they are people who know how to support others. So people that run a headhunting company, people that run a PR company are typically supporters. They know how to support others. They, they understand the value of relationship. Because the people on the right are more extroverted. It's about working through teams, building teams. They understand the value of relationships. Yeah? Those are supporters. And then down to the bottom of the, um, uh, of the, of the square, we have a deal maker. 
a deal maker. This is also about people, but now we are the bottom. You know, the top was more about innovation. The bottom is more about timing. So deal makers develop relationships uh, through people, but they are more about, about timing, about timing. So you have people like Rupert Murdoch and Donald Trump, yeah? Um, they, they always have other people doing the creating, um, but, but they make the deals, yeah? They make the deals. They, they don't have their head in the clouds. They are more about the timing of the deals, okay? And that's why they are the bottom of the square. Now, if you're a creator, you should not be doing the deals for your company. You should not be making the deals for your company because that is not, that is not your core strength. In your industry right now, in the, 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 the space in which you work, there is somebody in that industry that is already known as a deal maker. He is the go-to person, the go-to guy, the go-to woman. The people who are deal makers will always structure themselves in such a way that they are only as good as the deals that they are able to make. They have the reputation of making deals and they make a, a percentage of the deals. You know, sometimes people get, you know, it is said in business that it's better to own 5% of a whole, a big thing than 100% of nothing. You know, people get so wound up about, you know, I am the one that started this business, so I must own it. And rather than sharing the value with other people that can help magnify their business, they keep it small because they feel they have to own everything. Now, a deal maker can get involved in the business and create some deals for you that will magnify that business. And for that, they may take 5-10% of your business or of the deal. Now, you are thinking that what did he do? He made... The deal. <laughs> Do you understand? He made the deal. I mean, I tell people around me that I'm not the person that is going to get involved in deals. Uh, I, I, I'm not a deal maker. I know what I am, so I, I work with people. Yeah? I mean, if you were to negotiate with me, you would probably, you'd probably walk away with the kitchen sink. Because I'll look at your face and think, ah, you know. So I, I tell people that, you know, I don't, I don't make deals. If someone wants to make any kind of deal, I'll say, okay, I call somebody, you know, that I know is a deal maker because they'll represent my interests, they'll represent your interests, and they'll represent their own interests. But, but that's why you have people like Donald Trump. They are deal makers. It's all about timing, okay? And in that industry, um, you know, they, they stick in that industry. I mean, someone like Donald Trump is in property. Um, uh, Rupert Murdoch is in media. In fact, over the years, Rupert has moved from, you know, Newspapers, which are, you know, a declining sector into new media. He's bought, you know, new media, social media, but he has stayed in that deal-making sphere. All right? Uh, irrespective of industry, you must stick with your profile, your natural way of creating wealth. Yeah? Okay, let's move on very quickly. Then at the bottom um, is somebody who is uh, measuring their trades in terms of activity. So we have people like George Soros, and these are people who are saying, you know, I don't need to create anything if I can actually trade on other people's creations. Whether it's commodities, whether it's the stock market, you know, they're not creating anything, but they, they, they have their ear to the ground, so they understand about timing of trades. You know, just because day trading is now popular, 
If you get involved in day trading and you're not a deal and you're not a, a trader, you are going to what? Lose a lot of money. You know, I went to spend some time with my friend. Uh, he's a cousin of mine in Plano, Texas. And, you know, this guy is a really good uh, computer guy. He's a real, you know, and he's doing very well, doing very, very well for many years in the States. So around 2008, I went to pay him a visit. And he's usually very, you know, upbeat and stuff. And he was, he was really, you know, he had a fallen disposition. I was like, dude, what's going on? He said, man, I lost a lot of money. And, you know, in a short space of time, do you know that there is no amount of money you may have that one check cannot, cannot deal with? Just write, in fact, they don't mind how many, how many lines you write the zeros on. If you write the zeros enough times and you sign and you hand it over, you can lose everything. And he, he talked to me about how much money he lost in the stock market. Why? Because he was trading and you know, he, doesn't, he, didn't understand, he didn't understand the rhythm of the market. So he lost all his money. <laughs> yeah? Um, and, I mean, instead of staying with his profile and working with those who understand timing, uh, he got off profile and lost his wealth. So traders, traders, people like George Soros. Now, sometimes someone can be a trader and not, um, not get involved in the market. But people that are traders that are not, you know, market people... Because they're very sensory, um, they are people who are, are good at service, service industries. You'll find that there are some people that are excellent at making new relationships and terrible about sustaining them. So a deal maker will make new relationships, but a trader who is into service knows how to sustain um, these relationships. Okay, They are the glue that make connections work. So people in some service industries, customer service, are typically about traders. The good customer service people are people who understand timing, who understand how things should be done. Now from the trades, we get to um, the, the base of the square at the other end. This is also about timing, but not timing through people. It's about timing through assets. Uh, people like uh, Warren Buffett are accumulators, all right? Uh, this is somebody who is not so much about timing through people, but timing through assets. Uh, they are waiting for the right time to buy, and they keep their focus on what they do. Because, you know, success for them is not about what you say yes to, but what you say no to. So they spend a lot of time researching, investigating, and then making decisions. That is people like, um, Warren Buffett uh, at the bottom left hand corner of the square. They are accumulators, okay? And then uh, the second to the last one, the second to the last one is uh, the Lord. Now that is opposite from the end of the supporter. The Lord is the opposite end um, from the supporter. Um, now the, the Lord is... Um, is like a landlord. Somebody always focused on cash flow. Everyone say cash flow. They don't even have to own the assets. They don't have to own the products, but they know how to own the cash flow of the product. You know, a lot of landlords don't actually own the property. The bank owns the property. But a good lord understands how to have a margin between the product, the, the, uh, the, the underlying asset, 
and, um, and the sale price. So they, they know how to, um, they are focused on the cash flow. All right, they're focused on the cash flow. People like Sergey Brin, who is the co-founder of, um, um, of Google, um, is, is, is a lord. Irrespective of what is going on on the internet, Google is making money from that flow. Is that not correct? All right. Now, someone like a Sergey Brin is the one that structures that, that operation such that they would get cash flow. They will own the cash flow even though they don't, own the, they don't own the internet. They don't own the internet. But from everything that is going on on the internet, they're able to um, leverage that in terms of the cash flow. Now, the final one. So, the lords are very good at analysis behind things. They're not confused by the stories that people tell. Um, they, 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 they are into analysis. They know how to own the cash flow from stuff. All right? And the final one is the mechanic. You know, at the top, these are all creators, all right? The person in the middle, the creator um, creates value through products. The one on the right does it through their brand. But the one on the left does it through systems. Everyone say systems. The mechanic is great at completing things just as much as the creator is great at starting things. The mechanic, an example of a mechanic is someone like Ray Kroc. Uh, Ray Kroc was the one who, um, you know, people say he started McDonald's, but he didn't really. Ray Kroc um, spent his whole life trying to be a star, promoting other people's products. And when he got into his 60s, he realized that he was not going to wake his wealth that way. He discovered his true way of making wealth. He met the McDonald brothers and realized that, you know, rather than trying to promote their business, he felt, you know, I can multiply what they are doing. So he thought I could actually create a better system for them. And this is what the mechanic does. They create systems as opposed to products or brands. Yeah? Um, people like Jeff Bezos of Amazon, they create systems. You, you know with uh, Ray Kroc, he created a franchising system for McDonald's. And that was how McDonald's became the explosion it became. Right? He created that system. The franchising system. So it's about creating a better system. Look at Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos created a system in Amazon. All right? He created a system in Amazon. He was thinking, how can I create a better system so I can attract all the right products? Does he own the products? He doesn't own the products. He said, how can I create a better system so I can attract all the right products, all the right brands, and as a result... I will make money by allowing other people to leverage my value. Yeah? That's what a mechanic does. He creates a better system. Now, now, if you are looking at this and you are a business owner, you will understand that you need to create the right team. If you are just on your own, you're not going to get very far. You need to create the right team. All right? Now, initially, you might have to employ different people that function in these different areas or partner with them um, so that they can bring their value to the table. But trying to do everything yourself is not going to work. But the only foundation to even create the right team is when you become an expert at your place of value. So someone like um, Jeff Bezos was able to create a system that other people could 
leverage. He was able to create a value that other people could leverage. You know, just like the game of football, you have to leverage the power of the team. It is not the power of one, it is the power of many. Just like the body of Christ, it's not about the anointing on your life, it is about the anointing on the body. Because you can be the, the, the most anointed person ever, but you will not get very far. All right? It is not about the power of one. It is about the power of many. So these are the eight profiles. And once you find out yours and those people in your team, then you can flow. Because flow is not just about how to get into your flow, but it's about how to get those around you to get into their flow. You don't leverage your own value. You leverage other people's value and other people leverage your value. Are you with me? It's about collaboration. It's about working together. It's about understanding your part in the equation. Um, and then working effectively with others because it is only as a team, or in the context of a team, uh, you know, it, the word team is used as an acronym of together everyone achieves what? Everyone achieves more. But it all begins with knowing who you are um, and then knowing who you have to work with and knowing why you are here in the first place. So if you want to know more about Wealth Dynamics, check out NiaraAfrica.org. Uh, There's a profile that you can do. I did mine many, many years ago. And um, I have seen the benefit of it in my life in terms of uh, understanding uh, my place of, of uh, my natural way of creating wealth. Uh, and so I know the things I should say yes to and the things I should say no to. So the final question is, which one of these which one of these are you? So when the Bible says that we should make a careful exploration of who we are, you know, it truly is on many different levels, is it not? And that's why it says careful. Yeah, it's on so many different levels. I know the Bible says that um, uh, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the honor of kings to what? To search it out. Yeah, to search it out. To ask yourself questions. Let people talk about you. In fact, people will be able to tell you about yourself. Uh, if you're able to get the profile done, uh, get profiles done. Understand more about yourself, yeah? Because that way, you'll become more and more effective. Let us pray. Father, we're thankful because wisdom is profitable to direct. Uh, thank you for insight that comes from truth. Um, because truth is incontrovertible. Truth is clear. Um, thank you, Lord. Uh, I, let, I, I, we just, I just pray that the Holy Spirit uh, will, will, will light our candles and enlighten our darkness so that we can be more effective in this time. Yeah, so that rather than uh, uh, light being under a bushel, it would indeed be on top of the mountain. Our light will shine and it will be clear. It will bring, will bring value into this world. It will bring solutions uh, into a time of difficult problems. Hallelujah. By taking our place in your plan. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be God. Blessed be God. Let's just pray in the Holy Spirit for a few minutes. Just pray in the Holy Ghost for a few minutes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, what an important time in which we live. We live in an important time. Oh, blessed be your name, Lord. You, you know, the picture the Lord has put in my heart is a picture of Saul. When Samuel had a prophetic word and um, declared over Saul that he was going to be the first king of Israel. You know, Saul went to hide among the stuff. And Samuel prophetically had to go point him out. So by the Spirit of God, I point you out today. And I say that, um, uh, come out from among the stuff. 
in the name of Jesus. You, you, you know, this is the time to take your place in this land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 